Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? Hey, so in the studio with me today, I have somebody who I can't believe that this man is in my presence. Okay, we're virtual. Glenn's over in Portugal. I'm over here in the north of England in Cheshire. But I feel that I know this guy so well already. And why is that? Because every single day, without fail, Glenn is beside me in my bed. Now, let me rephrase that because he isn't actually beside me in my bed. And I don't want to start a scandalous rumour about Glenn's uh, preferences or mine for that matter. Um, But um, he's in my ears because Glenn has an app that I listen to that helps me to meditate and also fall asleep. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Glenn Harold. Glenn Harold, Glenn, welcome to So Watch Your Story. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for having me on. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I can't tell you enough. Um, Glenn Harold is an experienced clinical hypnotherapist working with one-to-one with his clients for many, and including many, many celebrities over his 20-year career. His self-help app has had over 3 million downloads and has a four-point star... 4.7 star, get your words right, Ian, come on, 4.7 star rating out of five from over 12,000 reviews. It doesn't stop there. He's also an author, and in his collective of MP3 downloads, apps, books, and yes, we'll throw it in there, CDs, younger listeners, you won't, probably won't even know what they are, but they're what we used to listen to this sort of stuff on, and music and things. He's sold over 10 million copies Hypnosis, mindfulness, meditation might be quite an in-vogue thing at the minute. But for Glenn, he's mastered this craft over two decades. And, you know, without question, he's highly respected and considered um, amongst his peers to be one of the best. His apps, Ultimate Hypnosis and Relax and Sleep Well, have become some of the world's biggest grossing grossing self-help apps for Android and iPhone. And he has reached number one in the lifestyle chart in over 50 countries. A gentleman, a beautiful soul, a obviously majestic voice. Um, and Glenn is uh, living in Portugal, as I said earlier, and he's a family man. He has a son of 36 years of age who is following in Glenn's footsteps in, in as much as what he does for a career. And he has two other beautiful children and a wife, uh, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, Glenn, how was that for an introduction? Hey? That was that was the best. Anytime <laughs> I feel down, I'm just going to play that again. That was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. And for the, and for those listening on audio, it's imp- I, I've got to mention this. So Glenn's got a guitar on his back wall where I'm looking at him and he has a plaque, uh, like a, a sort of framed thing. On the back of mine, it says, keep your dreams alive, which is a bit cheesy, but it's, it's a Banksy, uh, not a genuine Banksy, I hasten to add. Um, but yours is all you need is love. All you need is love. Glenn, that's so beautiful, and I think that says a lot about you as well. Yeah. But, Glenn, come on. As surreal as this experience is, I'm not going to get starstruck. I'm going to enjoy your presence. But what is your story? So the story is, um, uh, I mean, for most people's story is, is colourful, isn't it? And, you know, we've all got history and, you know, things that we've yeah. done that have brought us to this point. And... Um, you know, for me, I was, um, you know, I quite a dysfunctional home life growing up. I uh, grew up in a very sort of violent and crazy house. And I used to run away from home when I was a young kid and sleep rough. Um, I got into drink and drugs and ran with a bad crowd in, through my teens. Um, I got kicked out of school when I was 15 and had very little uh, prospects at that point in my life. But it was one day when 
we were trying to get a band together, me and the little tearaways that I used to hang around with. We decided we want to get a band together. Punk was in vogue at the time. And we thought, oh, nice. that looks easy. Three, learn three chords and you're off. We, we can do it. <laughs> but it never quite materialized. But one day a, a lad came up to me who was... Um, uh, he was a good guitarist and a good singer. He said, look, I heard, heard you want to start a band. Let's get a band together. And the long and the short of it is we got a band together and that became a new focus for me. And it got me off the street. Yeah. Much more. So it channeled you. It channeled your direction. It, so it channeled those energies. Yeah, because I, I kind of wanted to do good, but I just didn't know how to. I was a little tear away and I was on the mm. wrong side of the tracks. And But there was something in me that wanted to do good. And so when the music thing started to happen, he taught me how to play the bass guitar and and then within, you know, I put all of my energy into that, as did all of the band. And within three years of starting playing, we'd, we'd won um, a national pop competition. It was like the X Factor of its day back in 1983. It was at wow. Hammersmith Odeon, £10,000. Paul Gambaccini was the top judge. And we, wow. yeah, we just won it by my And I thought, that's it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is my career. We did interviews. We went to the south of France. We were on TV and it was all very exciting and, and fun. But even at that point, you know, when I was having that success for the first time, I felt like I didn't deserve it because of all my conditioning from my childhood. I felt I had that, mm. impost that imposter syndrome. Yeah, and for those who don't, and for those and for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, I've spoke about this on a previous show with an expert in this field. But it's it's this little it's this little monkey on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, Glenn, that's that's saying, you know, yeah, I can see I've got all of this. You, you can see it yourself. You, you're not stupid. You've got your eyes open, but you feel inwardly yeah. that you don't deserve it for whatever reason, right? Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's it's like you're you know people are telling you 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 know you this this is fantastic and all that kind of thing and. Outwardly, you're enjoying it, but inside, yeah, you've got that monkey on your back who's, you know, nagging away. And, and it just came from the conditioning from my childhood, you know, the constant being told I was stupid and no good. And so at that point, I kind of believed in it. Um, but it was years later, I, the band sort of imploded and didn't, didn't go on to bigger things. You know, we, we should have done, but it just didn't kind of happen. Um, mm -hmm. And it was years later. I was on rock the and roll, right? Yeah, rock and roll. We were doing the sex <laughs> and the drugs before we got famous. We should have waited, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Rolling Stones, at least they waited till they got famous, then they immersed themselves in it. We were doing it before we got there. <laughs> <laughs> so it all imploded. And, and, and it, but it was years later, I was on the cabaret circuit uh, with my ex-wife, Ali, and... Um, and it was one day we were sharing the bill with a stage hypnotist. And we were watching this guy uh, use hypnosis to manipulate people he'd got up from the crowd. And I just had this epiphany that I wanted to learn this. And wow. I didn't want to learn it for the entertainment side of thing, things because I didn't, you know, I could see it was, you know, uh, there was value in it when there was a show on. But for me, I, I was drawn to it for the healing side of it. Because at that point okay. in my life, I was still racked with this sort of failure programming and lack of confidence. Mm. And so from there, I did a two-year diploma with the British School of Clinical Hypnosis. And I loved it. I took to it. And as I learned the techniques, I was working on myself for confidence and self-belief and clearing a lot of the failure programming, that kind of thing. And wow. it just took me off on a completely new track. And I loved it from day one. And, you know, over time I started working with uh, clients and I found that as I was getting clearer in myself and more confident, I was getting good at what I was doing. And I was able to help other people overcome phobias, fears, lose weight, stop smoking. And it was one of those things, you know, I wanted to be a rock star when I was younger, but that wasn't the path for me. It was, you know, my true vocation was hypnotherapy, which I kind of you know, luckily stumbled into after seeing the stage hypnotist and that's been the career ever since. Amazing, amazing. So obviously you, you, I spoke at the intro about your voice, your tone, your tonality, mm. and, and I get complimented on this and that, I hope that doesn't sound conceited in any way or shape or form, but I was given this voice and I'm blessed. Mm. 
you know, people say to me, oh, did, did you change it? Or no, I've always sounded this way. Mm. But, you know, as, as a hypnotherapist, Glenn, mm. and, and, as a, and I obviously hear your voice every day, as I said earlier, did you do anything to alter your voice? Or, or was it for you, is this the way it's always been? It's funny, when I look back at old interviews when I was in the band, I've got a couple of old TV interviews, and um, I do sound completely different. I do. I've kind of do got you? a little bit. Of, yeah, I've got a little bit of a a geezer voice. You know, I was a bit of a geezer when I was young, and I was yeah, all right, yeah, well, nice <laughs> one, mate. <laughs> and and so even so, when I became a hypnotherapist, I saw a lot of clients for about five years. I really, you know, saw over a thousand clients, and I immersed myself in it. Wow. And then I came to a point where I thought, you know, I still knew a little bit about recording from my musical past, and so I thought I can. I'll record some of these sessions and give them to the mm. clients and it will enhance the session. They can listen at night time. And so I recorded a few sessions and then I thought, well, maybe I could sell these in local shops. And so that's what I did. I made, that it was cassettes back then. So I, I record my voice onto a DAP machine with a little bit of reverb and then run them off onto cassettes and print off homemade covers and put them into wow. local shops and lo and behold, they started to sell from day one. And, and it was, yeah, it was just in the right place at the right time. But I was, yeah. I was kind of meditating on that as well. I was into the law of attraction and I was, you know, mm. these affirmations that I'm always in the right place at the oh. right time. And so, yeah, the voice. I'm glad we're opening that door slightly. Let's go back to that in a second, but carry on. Yeah. So, you know, what you said about my voice. So the first recordings I made, you know, they started to take off from pretty much from day one. And then I got into Waterstones and the big chain stores in England and just got very, very lucky at the time. But I used to read the reviews on Amazon and sometimes they'd say, well, yeah, this is helping me get to sleep, but he sounds like he's off EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, were, they specific in, were they specific in the character that you were or just EastEnders? What's that guy? Is it? I never, I've never watched it actually, but is it? Um, no, I haven't. Feel the, I can't remember one of the, the Mitchell brothers no. or something. Mitchell brothers seem to ring a bell, <laughs> or, or he sounds like a builder. So they were kind of right. saying, "Yeah, he's helping me get to sleep. He sounds like a builder." So, I, and I'd listen back to recordings, and yeah, because because of my colourful past, my you know, I wasn't on it with the diction and the grammar particularly well yeah was kind of, I get that. so I kind of wasn't on it with that so I, I listened I thought well this is where I could improve them and I've kind of got a little bit of a perfectionist streak in me so I'd go back over mm. and if I did fumble a word then I'd re-record it and mm. just hone the recordings and they got better over time and yeah you know those early recordings uh, were just different so yeah I did I did learn to uh, develop a voice that worked for the recordings in particular. Okay. Because uh, I okay. notice sometimes so if I get on the microphone and record something, if I started now, I'd be very much in my throat and it would be kind of a higher range. Whereas when I project on the recordings, I imagine I'm in therapy with someone and they're sitting in front of me and I'm, mm. I'm delivering it from my heart more so. You know, I want to project yeah. that healing energy. And so I really get into the part when I'm doing it. And mm. so, yeah, my voice, in answer to your question, yeah, my voice is very specific for the recordings and I've, I'm conscious about the way I deliver that. Thank you for that. You touched on something during that explanation, which I want to come back to, which is you visualised, you um, manifested mm. in your mind, Zai, the success that was upstream mm. Help us with that a little bit, if you can, Glenn, because I I, I know people who have like a vision board mm. and uh, I myself, I, I see things in the future. Mm. I manifest them, mm. okay? And a lot of my life when I reflect, mm. it has happened. Mm. Obviously, I never wanted the bad things to happen <laughs> that have happened, but the, the, the better things, mm. I've seen them. I've seen them in my mind's eye. Yeah. Can you... Can you help us with this a little bit, Glenn? Yeah. Because 
it sounds like it's something which you've done and you probably still do to a degree. I don't know. You can answer that. Yeah. But is is, is manifesting, is visualisation a very, very powerful thing for us to do and would you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of, you know, as I became a hypnotherapist and uh, was working with lots of different clients, I became aware of the law of attraction back then. This is, you know, probably 30 years ago now. Wow. And... And I, at that point, I'd always been flat broke. I'd, you know, lived in some rough places, driven old bangers that were always breaking down. And, um, you know, and I, I used to, so I read books on the law of attraction and it, it really spoke to me. I believed in the uh, principle behind it, which is that you, you know, you create these thoughts and these beliefs within you and then you project them out into the universe. And when there's that congruence out there, the external world will put you in situations where you bring them into the material world, you know, into the world we're living in and you will manifest these mm. things into your life. And mm. that concept totally resonated with me, you know, deeply. And so I would meditate every single day back back then and, and visualize, you know, a big million pound house, a villa in Florida, driving an Aston Martin, you know, because I was young and I wanted to get out of the, hole that I was in, you know, the flat broke hole and yeah. visualize. So it was very material when I started and I'd visualize these things and to the point where, you know, I'd imagine the steering wheel of the Aston Martin and walking around the house and you've got to kind of really immerse yourself in it and believe that it's a reality. And I think because I was so desperate for change, I was, you know, immersed in that. And my wife at the time, Ali, she said that, you know, when you do these meditations, the bed would actually vibrate because you were so wow, so in it and immersed in it. And then I'd have affirmation boards all over the house. And, and you know, at the time I was living in a tower block in Penge in South London in a really rough part of the world. And I was visualizing myself as this, you know, wealthy man. And and I just completely, you know, I've, I've had that belief then. And the other thing that I did as well, the, the important part of the law of attraction is also doing the clearing work because a lot of us have failure programs running in our unconscious mind. And wow. to give you an example of that, I was in a therapy session. I, I used to swap sessions with other therapists. And one time I was in a therapy session and this thing came up in, from my unconscious that I'd long since forgotten consciously. And it was where I could see my mum and dad having a blazing row. And I was probably about five or six and my dad ripping up some money and throwing it at my mom and they were screaming at each other. And I, as a little five-year-old, was learning that money causes these horrible arguments. Right. And it was this, it stayed in my unconscious mind for all this time. And it was only in this session it came up and out and I was able to process it as an adult, you know, from, you know, because I learned it from a child perspective. But as an adult and seeing that, I could then process it and... Um, release it and so I did a lot of that kind of work as well and I think sometimes that's missing from the law of attraction work because if you've got those things running you can take like two steps forward and three steps back because you sabotage sabotage opportunities and I used to do that when I was younger you know the, the band is a classic example yeah. we should have been taken off yeah. and but you know I sabotaged opportunities all the time because I had this you know, these old programs that were holding me back. So I did a lot of work on that wow. as well. And that, that is the, for me, that's been the key part of me being able to free myself and, you know, become, mm. have the career I've had. Mm. You know, and, and let's, let's, let's not stick on this subject because there's lots more to talk about. But, you know, I, I, I um, for example, visualisation boards, very, very powerful. Um, but obviously, <laughs> it's no good looking at, at something and just sitting there and looking at it. You've got to feel it and, and, um, I was talking to a friend recently about this, uh, about ma manifestation mm. and about a, a deeper dive into manifestation. So, for example, <laughs> estate agents close your ears a second and car salespeople close your ears a second while you're listening to this. But to totally immerse yourself in it is really, really powerful too. Mm. So it might be, you mentioned Aston Martin, by the way, Aston, if you want to sponsor me, you can. Um, uh, you mentioned an Aston Martin and um, very, very powerful to actually go to an Aston Martin showroom. Look at them. Yeah. 
sit in one. Yeah. Feel yourself in it. Yeah. Feel, get that inner feeling. And again, Glenn, I'm sure you all agree with me. That's a very, very powerful thing to do that if we can, and you're right, you know, we've got to get past these, these, these traps that are in our mind, so to speak. But if we can get into this immersion mm. of what, what, what we deserve, yeah. then um, uh, it can be even more real, can't it? Yeah, that's a really good point because you have to... Um, you know, work on it very holistically. So like you say, yes, go to a fancy showroom and sit in the, the car that you want and, you know, yeah. get a feeling for it and, and believe that you deserve it. A lot of people don't, you know, unconsciously, they believe that they don't deserve to be wealthy and abundant mm. and prosperous. Mm. There's a lot of, um, you know, I came across that a lot with clients that they had this failure program in that was unresolved. Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, that's a really good point that you need to really immerse yourself in it. And, and I did, and I'm, I'm very glad I did. Yeah. Look at you now. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so let, let's, let's, let's cover a couple, couple of areas if we may. So hypnosis, mm -hmm. something which is very in vogue again at the moment, mindfulness, meditation. And when I say in vogue, please don't fire me down listeners because i know that this isn't a you know it's not a this year's thing it's been around for a long time hypnosis meditation and mindfulness but they do seem to be coming right to the top of the cup at the moment in people's minds however you've then got this dichotomy that a lot of people have which is oh i don't have time for that mm. i don't have to, i don't have time for that you know honestly i'm just so busy Busy is a word I hate, by the way. Mm. Um, uh, but I'm just so busy. I've got so much going on um, with my emails, with my career, with my kids, with WhatsApp going on, with all my social media, with, with this and this and this and this and this. I don't have time. I can't take that time out. But Glenn, would you agree that actually, you know what, whilst we're sitting there surfing social media for perhaps an hour, soon flashes by, mm. If you cut that to 50 minutes and took 10 minutes to meditate, do a bit of mindfulness, mm. listen to Glenn Harold, <laughs> um, uh, you, 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 you're actually putting in a layer of self-help, well-being. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And it reminds me of a, a Zen proverb that says, if you haven't got time to meditate for 15 minutes a day, then you should meditate for an hour a day. <laughs> love it and it, it's <laughs> really true because we do you know life is so busy these days isn't it yeah they yeah, it's hectic Thanks they say we yeah. make more decisions in a week than our grandparents made in a year yeah because oh god yeah i mean i mean let, let me just get on this one whilst, whilst we're on there i remember because i am not young mm. okay but i am not old mm. all right so um i remember when this amazing thing and again younger listeners don't be sitting there pissing yourselves right now with laughter because I grew up, I had no mobile phone. I had no internet. There was no emails. Mm. There was none of that. Yeah. And I'm not saying the world was a better place then or the world is a better place now. There's benefits and disadvantages to them both. But what I wasn't faced with was a barrage of information coming at me if I wanted it to 24 hours a day. Mm. And somebody sat with me, a, a former colleague of mine, and said, Ian, there's this thing coming that's called the, the internet. It's going to change the world. And I was like, wow, what is it? And they told me and everything else. And he said, and we're not going to send traditional letters. We're going to have emails, an electronic letter. I was like, wow. Mm. And I said, what, what do you think is going to happen then? And he said, well, according to the experts, we're going to all have much more spare time on our hands. Mm. And the world's going to be a better place. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Anyone listening to that now, checking your WhatsApp whilst you're listening to the podcast or checking your emails or, or getting a call or a text or, or, or you've got to jump into a Zoom meeting any second now or the kids are barraging you because the, the internet's gone down at home. You answer me. Is it better now or then? I don't know. I'll leave that to make your own mind up. But, but you're right. You're right, Glenn. It's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we've got all of this coming at us, but essentially... We're no different. Mm. So we've got all of this information coming at us and our ancestors didn't, our forefathers didn't. Were they able to think clearer? I don't know. What's your, what's your, what's your perspective on that? It's, um, 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? And I think, you know, we, life is so busy and so frantic for everyone, isn't it, these days? There's so many choices. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's why I think it's why meditation and hypnosis and mindfulness have become so big because people are more mentally stressed than ever. And so when yeah. you've got that overload, that mental overload, then, you know, to switch off your mind and go into a meditative state is so empowering. Mm. And they say, even if you did 20 minutes or 10 minutes a day of meditation, it's like getting an extra couple of hours sleep through the night. And um, wow. they say actually that um, Margaret Thatcher, you know, lover or hater, she got a lot done. You know, I'm not particularly a fan of hers, but just using her as an example, <laughs> she would uh, sleep for four hours a night but she would have these sort of meditative cap naps in the day and, and recharge yeah. and then she was able to carry on doing mm. what she was doing, you know. So, yeah, a lot mm. of people who are very high-powered and, you know, live in, uh, live in that world, they almost need to do that. You know, you need to be able to switch off because I used to work with, in a place called Chiselers, which is a stockbroker area, and I used to be amazed at the people I saw, you know, were very, very wealthy, worked in the city, but they were having burnout, you know, having panic attacks yeah. and things like yeah. that. They just couldn't cope because their left brain was so active all the time that they couldn't switch off. And mm. taking them into a meditative state and switching off that part of the, the mind was so beneficial for them. And, and it is, it's, you know, something that, you know, if you can do it, just do a few minutes each day, just close your eyes Breathe very slowly and deeply. Feel yourself relaxing. Clear away all conscious thoughts, and just be in that state for ten minutes, and you'll you'll be much more creative and inspired when mm. you come back out of it. So it really mm. is. It's like a super hack. Mm, I like that. And incidentally, again, um, people who don't know who Margaret Thatcher was, um, she was one of our former prime ministers and um, interesting character. But yeah, I, I, I read that myself, um, Glenn, that she was basically four hours a night was her, was her, was her, um, you know, requirement. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wasn't aware that, but not surprised that she used to have power naps and everything else. And and it's something that came on my radar recently about J Japan and, and obviously a lot of Asia, High intensity, right? It's like it's like it's like it's like mania. You know, the 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 way they go out of a, a, a day is incredible. And even youngsters in in um, education, their 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 requirement to be so intense for a minimum of ten hours a day is very very high. Mm. However, they have this work regime where they will do high intensity for a very fixed period mm. 25 35 minutes seems to be mm. the, the 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 um timeline and then they'll break mm. they will physically walk away from their laptops they will physically leave their phone yeah for four to five minutes and then they'll go back and revisit again and they believe that that gives you a much higher propensity for product productivity quality output yeah um you know, I've I've got friends, colleague, former colleagues that would sit in online meetings mm. for seven to eight hours back to back. Mm. Occasionally, I've done it myself. Mm. You know, and and you, you you can't absorb that amount of information. No, <laughs> it's just it's just near on impossible. And when you when you try to, it's not sustainable. Mm. So for over many many days or weeks or months or even years, mm. you are risking overload and burnout. Mm. And it's a great little hack you've given there. You know, just just walk away. Just do ten minutes. Just do ten minutes. Stick on. Stick on. Yeah. Glenn Harold or somebody else. Somebody else who's your preference, whatever. And or, or just go walk in nature. Yeah, that's a you really know? good one. I've and heard just, that same thing. You know, twenty five minutes solid. You know, doing something that's intense. You can handle that. But then after that time, you start to become less productive. Um, so mm. just having that little break allows your mind to mm. calm and switch off and then you come back with fresh ideas and inspiration. And so, yeah, yeah. that's a really yeah. good one. So, Glenn, I'm fortunate enough, I'm blessed enough that I, I, I listen to your apps, although when I say I'm blessed enough, uh, over 10 million people listen to them. So, But um, uh, tell me about sulfagio. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, the sulfagio meditations. So... I made a series. Explain, explain, to, explain to us what it is and, and how it works. So the solfagio tones are uh, sacred tones that Gregorian monks used to chant. 
And each one of the tones holds a certain frequency. And the, the monks knew to chant at each one of those frequencies to invoke certain states. And wow. so the first sulfagio tone is 396 hertz. And when you chant at that frequency, you can uh, release feelings of guilt and fear, which is, you know, quite a big one in this day and age. You know, a lot of wow. us hold fears. Wow. Um, so I kind of heard about them and with uh, a friend of mine who I was hanging out with at the time, who's a very, very gifted musician, and um, he, he, we talked about it and we talked about these tones and we said, look, maybe we should make uh, meditations based on each one of these tones. Mm. So he went away and um, created the music at the exact frequency of each tone. and. Wow. Together we scripted a meditation based around the theme of each tone, you know, with the 396 one being about guilt and fear and releasing that. And we did something very different with them. And, um, and yeah, we, we made those six recordings and they really, I just get amazing feedback on them. And even the guy that was partly responsible for rediscovering the tones in the modern age, he wrote a book about it, a guy called Dr. Len Horowitz, he got in touch with us and he said that um, I've listened to your recordings and they're absolutely spot on that frequency. Each one is bang on it. And he actually used to buy the CDs off them, off us at wholesale to resell to his customers. So that was a nice endorsement wow. from the guy that had rediscovered the tones. So yeah. yeah, the ancients had it right. You know, they knew a lot of these secrets that we've lost. You know, they lived in harmony with nature and they understood sound vibration and plant medicine. Mm. All of these things were very normal and natural to them. But, you know, we've, this corporate world we live in is completely different and it's taken us so far away from that. So mm. I love getting back to that in, you know, and, and in bringing it into my work in, you know, in whichever way I can. I went to a recent uh, breathing session hosted by Mantel, the men's mental health charity here in the UK. Amazing organisation. And forgive me, Andy, if you're listening, um, I can't, rem can't remember what the indigenous tribe is that you're related to, i.e. the charity is related to. And within this breathing session, uh, breathwork session, Glenn, we had um, a, mu a musician come in and she was chanting the tribal chants and playing instruments. Mm. And she actually said some of these chants are tribal prayers, mm. but they can't be translated into English. Wow. There's no English, there's no English meaning for some of the words wow. that, I'm that, I'm, that I'm singing to you. Yeah. But it'll go into your subconscious. Yeah, yeah. And it'll, and, and it'll be absorbed by you. Yeah, even though you don't the, speak the language. I mean, unbelievable, man. It was it was a magical experience. And um, those wanting to know more about this, um, I'm not sure. So please, again, forgive me, Mentel, if I've misquoted you here, but Andy hosts these events sporadically throughout the year. Um, uh, they're small events, but um, mm. we're, they are hoping to expand upon this and take them wider. Mm. And, and I, think it, I think it's a fabulous idea. Mm. Talk to us about sleep, Glenn. Why is sleep so important to us? So it's still, you know, of all of my recordings, I've, I've got 170 odd now, the sleep ones are still the most popular because people are struggling to get off to sleep at mm. night because, you know, we're on our devices too late. We've, a lot of people have TVs in the bedroom and, you know, and <laughs> the radiation that comes from those devices is counterproductive to us getting a good night's sleep. And, wow. you know, it's something, it was the one last thing I needed to conquer. You know, a lot of my old demons drink drugs, you know, all the other stuff. I've, I've conquered them long ago. You know, I stopped smoking when I was 27, when my son was born, that was it. And, you know, I'm, I've been, I play, you know, I'm 61 now. I play football, tennis. I'm as fit as I've ever been. Uh, because wow. I've just immersed myself in this health, healthy lifestyle. But the sleep thing was the one thing that I hadn't quite mastered because of my band days, I'd still was in the habit of staying up too late. <laughs> but I've really made a point over the last couple of years of prioritizing it. You know, you can't get away with these things forever, especially as you get older. So, you know, I make a point of going to bed, you know, a good time, you know, 10, half 10 every night, 
you know, when you do that at the same time, your body start, your body clock regulates and starts to get okay. used to switching off at that time. Um, you know, there's no EMF devices in the bedroom, phones off, you know, ideally you should turn your phone off two or three hours before you go to sleep or before you go wow. in the bedroom. And, you know, sleep is our opportunity to, you know, rejuvenate and regenerate. You get a good night's sleep, you wake up in the morning, you bounce out of bed, you feel positive, you're full of ideas and you've got energy. You know, conversely, when you wake up and you haven't slept, you're groggy and you struggle through the day. So mm. it's such an important thing to prioritize. And, um, you know, so I, I encourage that, encourage those healthy sleep patterns. And on my recordings, I always uh, give people cues. I guide them into a very deeply relaxed state. And then I give them cues that as soon as your head touches the pillow, you're going to go into a deep sleep every night. Um, and yeah, there's, it's so important. So that that's the thing. And it is um, a big problem in this day and age still that people do struggle mm. with that. I, I have challenges with my sleep mm. and that's why I listen to Glenn Harold. <laughs> Okay, it does help. Um, but what about other areas that are becoming more and more prominent in society, Glenn? Mm -hmm. Anxiety being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I know you have a specific app, Mindfulness for Releasing Anxiety, mm -hmm. a specific recording, should I say. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about your actual app and where people can find you in it at, the, at the end of this uh, uh, session. But you, you have a mindfulness for releasing anxiety. Mm. There seems to be a real, not seems to be, there is mm. a real up, a shocking uplift in people's mental health issues. Yeah. Whether that be whether that be depression, whether that be anxiety, mm. whether that be being diagnosed with ADHD and similar uh, 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 things, mm -hmm. um, but let's let's not let's not try and cover all of those subjects. But let's talk about anxiety, Glenn, because anxiety can be helped mm. or even dare we say overcome. Mm -hmm. By by practices that you that you that you have uh, again, forgive me for stumbling over my words a little bit, but help me here a bit, Glenn. Yeah. Tell us about anxiety and the power of breathing and meditation and everything else that, that with it. Yeah. So with anxiety, yeah, it's very prevalent in this day and age because we live in a very chaotic world, and if you look at the news, you know, it's very depressing every night if you see that. So, you know, I always encourage people not to watch the news, you know, and um, kind of focus on your yourself, you know, build, build practices in your daily life that help to alleviate the stress. Because if you mm. think there's a good analogy where if you think of a bucket and, you know, all the things that happen throughout the day of if they're stressful, they build up and up and eventually one little thing can trigger you. The bucket overflows and, you know, your, your anxiety levels have gone through the roof. But if you build into your day uh, meditation practices um, or, you know, just a deep breathing session, a, a session where you um, close your eyes and you just breathe very slowly and deeply in through your nose, out through your mouth, you alleviate, you know, that bucket lowers a little bit. You take some of that stress out so that you can cope with what comes th throughout the day, the rest of it. And so it's really about managing your, your stress levels. And, you know, if you've got a very busy career or you've got kids and your life is a bit overrun, then you need to find, you know, things that help to counterbalance that. You've got to prioritize mm. things, you know, maybe... For me, it's sport. I love playing tennis and paddle and football. I play walking football out here on the out golf with a load of other old blokes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's great. I never thought I'd be playing football at 61. But yeah, those things, they help to balance, to give me that work-life balance and family life balance. Mm. And, and mm. that is so important. So um, I've got to, yeah, yeah, you can you can really build that, you know, think about it, think about your week and if there's any imbalance there, then you've got to, you know, counterbalance it with uh, meditation or sport or dancing or something you enjoy. I've got a beautiful dog. I, I showed you him before we came on 
on air, Duke. Um, now, I adopted him three months ago, but I've always been a dog person. I've always Dogs have always been in and out of my life. Yeah. I have some beautiful pets. And again, pets can be very, very good for us. But let me caveat this, listeners. Don't go out there and dash and get a dog now. Duke's a Weimaraner. He's two years old. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's a beautiful dog, but he's high energy and he's a big responsibility. Mm. So if you haven't, if you're already struggling with, 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 with accessing free time in your life, trust me, a dog is very, very rewarding and, and is amazing as a companion and for many reasons is beneficial, but big responsibility. But um, what I was going to say was, you know, when you, you spoke there about people's, you know, uh, hectic lifestyles where they've got a, a, a career, family demands, mm. family demands, mm. uh, uh, you know, um, when I say family, uh, kids and then wider family, friends demands. And, mm. and what we see a lot in society as well, Glenn, is this, let's go, 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 go. Yeah. So it's like intense all day at work mm. and then let's go for a drink, you know, let's let's go and socialise, let's go, let's go do this. And, mm. and I see so many people um, just just struggling because they just allow it to overwhelm them. Yeah. They get wrapped up, they get wrapped up in this, in this, this, this craziness yeah. and forget that we're all bloody human, you know. Yeah. And again, you know, here comes the Druid Ian again, but, mm. you know, going back to our tribal days, we didn't do any, we didn't do any of that. Mm. We might we might go out and hunt furiously, and we might be very very hungry mm. for a number of days, mm. and it might be stressful for us. Yeah. But then when we ha- when we had got our food, we would sit around the tribal fire, we would chat with each other, mm. and we'd relax, we'd reset. Mm. We were very in tune then in those days with nature and lived in these little communities that supported each other. And we're designed to live like that. That's how sort of default how we should live. But um, mm. you made a good point there. You know that people are caught up in that. You know, work, work hard, and they their downtime is the pub and having a few drinks. You know, and that is you know can help in the short term. But you know, as we know, drink is not a, a something that is going to help you long term, and it's another trap. You know, I know I got mm. caught in that when I was young. I know what it is to you know get very addicted to it and um mm. you know so i i find the important thing is to make sure your downtime is something that is a healthy choice you know f- yeah. for me that was the thing that brought me got me out of all of the um you know the destructive ways of living you know it was making much more positive healthy choices you know eating mm. better you know, not drinking, you know, quit, mm. quitting things that were no good for me and focusing yeah. on my fitness, my well-being, my health. And I loved mm. that. You know, when I got on that path, I loved it and it became something that I just continue to look for new ways. There's actually a guy that I play football with um, and he's 79, this gent. You would not believe he's 79. <laughs> 79. This gentleman is incredible. He looks 20 years younger and he's very lean. There's no fat on him. He gets up and down the football pitch like you wouldn't believe. He's, he's, and I couldn't believe he was 79 when I heard that. Mm. So I got chatting to him and I said, you know, how do you look after yourself so well? How have you, you know, you're not like a normal 79-year-old. And he said that he doesn't drink at all, never drinks alcohol. Mm. He's um, just... Uh, does kind of yoga, stretching every day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a, a Christian. Mm-hmm. He's got a you know spiritual belief, mm-hmm. and he speaks fluent Portuguese. So he's obviously a very disciplined, determined man. Yeah. And his health and his uh, well-being has been his priority. But you know, he's kind of made me realise that what you can, how you can be at that age. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be a slave to the pharmaceutical companies as you get older and. You know, you can make choices now, yeah. whatever age you are, yeah. that are going to impact your future. Correct. You know, so the food you eat, the exercise you take, the positive mental attitude you've got mm. are all going to shape your future. Mm. And, and you know, there are people that are living very happy, abundant, positive lives in spite of this chaotic world. Mm. They've created their own little bubble. Um, and, you know, that is something that is is there for everyone. Yeah. 
but it's how you focus your time and your energy that determines the kind of future that you're going to have. Massively, massively. So, yeah, you know, Tom, he's my hero, this guy. Yeah, Tom. 79. 79, <laughs> wow. Uh, interesting that he doesn't drink alcohol. And listeners hear me every week, not every week, but they hear this underpinned message. You know, be careful what you put into your body because it, it, it has an output. And some people are scared of not drinking. They think it, 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 it's, it, life becomes boring and you don't have a social life. And it's a good story. I've got a good story on that, Ian, if you don't mind me jumping yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Go for it. There's a lady on my members group. I've got a membership group and she was, I said something along the lines that you said on a webinar a couple of years ago. And she used to be in the pub every night and her whole social life was geared up around her being in the pub. Mm. But she heard this thing, I gave a little mention about alcohol, how it can lower your energy and that kind of thing. And she decided to quit the booze. And rather than feeling like she'd lost something, she'd lost her social life, she then joined another group that went out, that go out and do sea swimming, cold water sea swimming. Yep. You know, like the Wim Hof thing where they do yep. the deep breathing and they go yep. out in cold water. So she gave up the booze and the, the pubs and she went out and did this sea swimming thing. And that's a great example of letting go of one thing and taking on board something really positive mm. that enriches your life. Mm. And she's a, she looks different. When I see her on webinars now, mm. she looks different. She sounds so bubbly and positive. Mm. And she tells me about her freezing cold sea swims. Yeah. And that's that's it. It's just choices. Yeah. Choices we make. Love it. On, on here, on, on So Watch Your Story, um, uh, in the back catalogue, you, you can you can learn a lot more about that with Kevin O'Neill from Breathe Illusion. You can also listen to David uh, from The Farm Club, um, who is uh, both of those gentlemen are personal friends of mine, amazing individuals, but they talk a lot about the benefits of, of cold water. I go to The Farm Club on a regular basis and immerse myself in ice cold water. I also, oh, do you? Yeah, I do. I also swim in the Wim Hof breathing. It's the breathing techniques uh, deployed yeah. by Wim and, 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 under the, and other practitioners. And um, yeah. my friend David, um, who's at uh, the farm club, he's, he's a beautiful human being. The interesting thing is, Glenn, mm. I've seen guys join us on these, um, these sessions and um, we do a lot of breath work first to oxygenate yeah. our bodies and, and prepare our bodies for it. But it is essentially the mind that is always, yeah. always the kicker. And I've seen yeah. guys who have turned up and they're buff, you know, they're like gym bunnies, they've got all the muscles, the, you know, they're like Greek goddess, got Greek god, yeah. sorry. And, that, you know, we get to get into the water and they immerse up to before their knee and they're like, <gasps> can't do this, can't do this. Right, can't do it. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd say, I'd say, probably eighty percent of the people who go are female, and they go for various yeah. reasons: menopause, anxiety, whatever, um, and uh, or just 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 to to reset. They immerse and they really feel the benefits. They really yeah. feel huge benefits. And yeah. you know, up at the farm club again. Sounds like I'm sounds like I'm on commission. I'm not. Um, the farm club is based in. Pickmere in Cheshire, North England, and it's a beautiful setting. And there's a lake, and you can go and swim in the lake. And they also do yoga sessions. They do do sunrise yoga, sunset yoga, uh, ice water, mm. and it's all this well-being thing, you know, that's going on. And um, again, for me personally, it works. For some people, yeah. for some people, going down the pub, chucking ten points down their neck regularly works for them. I don't have a problem with either way. I just know what works. Yeah. I just know what works for me. It's interesting you said there the, you know, the ones who didn't have the mental, uh, the right mental attitude oh. were the ones that couldn't do it. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen that. I've done um, a number of fire walks where you walk across burning hot coals. Yeah. And, and again, that's another great example of, you, you know, you look at the burning uh, fire and you think, how on earth am I going to walk across this barefoot? <laughs> But when you get your mind yep. right on that, and I've done little group meditations for people to get them across, and you, so you um, build this energy where you visualize walking across and feeling really strong and powerful, and and that uh, you know you're kind of gliding across, so you're not actually touching the coals, mm. and you just build this powerful meditation for people and. And I've seen it time and time again. People who said they'd never do it have walked across burning coals. Mm. And, and it's amazing. And, and you feel so good. We once did it for our, 
my company um, years ago, all the girls that worked for me at the time, we said, right, we're going to do a firewalk. And they all said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. No way. <laughs> and it was only um, my wife's mother, who was 75, she said, I'll do it. And once she did it, said she was going to do it, the others kind of followed. And mm. she was the first one across, mm. a little old lady, 75, and she got across and it was amazing. But the confidence in the group was sky high after oh, that. It's, it's incredible. And, and, and again, Glenn, I'll share with you, uh, um, I did the firewalk with Tony Robbins, uh, Wembley Arena 2010. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. I love Tony Robbins. Yeah, me too. Me, me too. And, and again, it's, it's, it's a surreal experience because you think, Part part of part of your conscious mind is saying when I first when I first went to the seminar, which was across four days, I was like, and anybody who hasn't done uh, any of Tony Robbins stuff, I, I, I would strongly recommend. He's an incredible guy, um, yeah. and you know, first day in the arena, and he's like, you know, Tony's this big, larger than life American guy. He's like, hey, you guys, we're gonna do the firewalk. You know, on, on day two, we're gonna do the firewalk in the car park, and it's like. <laughs> right, yeah, of course we are, Tony. We're going to walk barefoot across, like, white-hot coals. And people who have told this story said, no, nah, it was bullshit. There, there weren't real coals. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they freaking well, yeah. well were. You, you went into the car park, there's lots of them lined up because there was lots of people. And yeah. you could feel the heat coming off it. But you're, yeah. you're right. We, we program and, can, uh, you know, I don't know whether I, you know better than me, sub, subliminally or, or however it works, to condition mm. us, our, our train of thought, that this is not mm. going to hurt me. Mm. And I practiced karate many, many years ago in, in, in my uh, mid to late 20s. And some of the feats that some of the practitioners would get up to there, you would think, impossible kicking with your shins through baseball bats mm. you know mm. Mm. any 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 doctor may tell you are you going to break your leg uh, mm. no you know it's the men mental preparation isn't it that's the key that allows them to do that yeah yeah bruce lee you know a lot of his quotes resurface these days in memes don't they yeah, because they do, yeah. he understood the the, the mental uh, discipline and the the mental approach to these things. Mm. Yeah, he was a, he was obviously a very wise man and so a very wise man and taken to from us at, at too young an age for sure. Um, yeah, Glenn, you and I could talk for hours. I feel that, and um, you're you're mm. a really calm and beautiful man to talk to. But you know, oh, um, you. Uh, we, we 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 both you know ha have a schedule to keep to. So let's let's just. Um, let me just ask something, and I hope this isn't just sprung on you, and I'm sure you've been asked it many, many times before anyway. But why do you do what you do, Glenn? I think I'm, you know, so I feel so fortunate these days because, you know, if I make a recording in my studio here, you know, it goes out and it gets listened to by so many people. And... I feel a real privilege to be doing that, you know, to be in the position I'm in where, um, you know, my recordings are out there helping people, you know, all over the world. And so I just feel, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed to have found my dharma in life, you know, my true purpose, yeah. you know. And um, so it's just a love for what I do and I'll never stop, you know, I'll, I'm always trying to structure my business more so that I'm not doing the admin, you know, the work stuff. And, you know, I've got people that help me, but I'm more focused on the creative side of things, mm. you know, because that for me is what I've always loved and mm. I will continue to do as as long as I can. So beautiful. And, and you know, it's it's like, you know, when, when you, you, you use that, that sentence, I found my purpose. Ah, so powerful because a lot of people never find their purpose. Yeah. And that's sad. That's sad. It, it's, it's, I think, yeah, the world is designed. You come out of school and you've, you know, the focus is on, you know, getting, getting your first house and getting a mortgage and, mm. you know, then you by and large fall in love when you're young and, you know, with a partner and then you have kids and that whole thing mm. can kind of lead you up a path, which is not necessarily your, you know, chosen path or what you, you're here to do. Mm. You might get a job in a bank or, become an accountant or whatever and but it's you know I've met a lot of people like that who they're not fulfilled because they're not 
you know, living their true purpose. Then it becomes this vicious circle, doesn't it? Because you then, because, you, yeah. because you're in that career, you start to do well. You start to earn money. Yeah. You start to earn money. There's demands on you from the family or or, or your or your, yeah. or your own desires. You know, you, you might have you know, yeah. de- decided if, if if you're not with someone that you want certain things and you you know you, you desire certain things, and then it becomes this yeah. this, this prophecy of, of this circle of you know well I'll keep going but, and and then and then yeah. again we we <laughs> oddly enough Glenn, <laughs> we come full circle back to what you and I were talking about earlier, which is where we're. We're mentally exhausted because we're actually yeah. not going with the flow of the river, are we? You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're you know, yeah. uh, God, I could really get on my on, down one on this one, but you know, the flow of life, the river, that the, if we if yeah. we if we swim against the tide for too long, we're just going to be exhausted. But it's not yeah. to say that let life just drift you and take it where it wants you. No, get into yeah. get into the river where you want to get in, and follow the journey that you want to follow. It's hard. You you mentioned there that that material trap people get caught up in. You know, it's the the need to earn a certain amount of money that keeps you in a job that you're not happy in, um, and it's hard to to break out of that. But you know, I, I was lucky. You know, I saw that guy doing the stage hypnosis show, and you know, wow, that was the epiphany. Yeah. And and it was at a t- it fell at a time in my life where I could study for a couple of years and immerse myself in that and start from the ground up. Mm. You know, I didn't need to, uh, I'd kind of, you know, it's a really important thing, the law of attraction. You've got to start with cutting out all the excesses. You know, mm. I'd, I'd, you know, when I was young, I got credit cards, I got into debt and that was another thing. You know, I'd spent far more than I should have done and paid the price for that. And, and I got into a mess with that and I vowed after that time, I'm never, ever going to borrow money again that I don't, can't afford. Yeah. Or don't have, and I never did. Ever since that time, I've never ever mm. borrowed, mm. and and that's another trap. You know, the borrowing trap. It can enslave you, and um, well, and then you can't can't do what you want to do. You know, so that's an important thing. Start very minimalist yeah. when you start on the law of attraction. Mm. Only spend what is absolutely ne- necessary. Well, there's there's the societal trap as well, isn't there? You know, because mm. you know, most probably, you found yourself in a circle of peers, colleagues, friends that have this trapping, you know, they have Mm. the clothes, the cars, Mm. the houses. Mm. And because you've immersed yourself Mm. in that social circle, it takes a very, very brave and strong individual to say, well, I'm not happy in this space. So, So if you want to come with me and you are true friends, I know you'll be with me forever. Yeah. But you'll soon find out where the transient side of life starts to become prevalent, where those that were only really with you because you drove a Jag or, you know, you you you, you lived on a certain street name or in a certain area or yeah. you wore a certain type of clothes, they're not your real friends. Yeah, that's it. You find out when you, you know, when you're, you know, really humble and true to yourself. There's a good, I'll, I'll tell you a good story about my oldest son, Lee, who's, he's 36 now and he's a hypnotherapist. He lives out here near me on the Algarve. And he was, he grew up in Essex and all of his mates were like the, the, the lads out of that show. You know, the only way is Essex. Essex. Very, Joey Essex, very, what about Joey Essex? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he used to know him. He, he knew all those lads and, and he was very, flash and wore all the designer gear and if ever I gave him any money to go out and buy a 300 quid shirt and that kind of thing and and he was caught up in that when he was young but he got to a point where he met a guy who took him to the Hare Krishna temple in in Watford Mm. and that's the temple that George Harrison gave the Krishna guys in the 60s and it's worth about 50 million now I mean, George's legacy is like off the scale. He gave Bolton that and the Harry Krishnan movement flourished in the UK. And Lee started going to that temple. And once he went there, he started to reassess his life and he started to see real value in the spirituality and in being of service to others. And he'd phone me up sometimes and he was going to go to a fancy nightclub with all the Essex boys. And I'd say, where are you? And he said, oh, he said, I left the lads. They'd gone to the nightclub. He said, I'm in a restaurant with a homeless guy. I, I met him on the street and he's struggling. And so I took him for dinner. And, and his whole life changed from that moment. And he started to chant and pray and meditate. And, and he's, he's not interested in designer stuff, fancy 
cars now. It's, it's all gone. And he's a hypnotherapist out here. And he's, you know, he's a, I'm so proud of him. He's a beautiful soul. And, mm. you know, he's, he's doing amazing work. And that's, again, it's about making those choices, those life path choices. He, ma- he, made, and, he made the choices. And I'm sure a lot of his friends are still doing what he was doing back then. But it sounds, yeah, it sounds yeah. like, you know. A lot of them are his, are his clients now. <laughs> <laughs> they see him. What, you know, they've got what, money. They're all fucked. They're still doing the party stuff yeah, and, you know, yeah. wine women and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're paying the price for it, you know. So, yeah, they, they see it. They go to Lee now. Lee, to get Lee sort me out. Um, yeah. Anyway, where's the future then for you, Glenn? So the future is um, I love life here and, and in Portugal. It's a slow pace of life. It's like going back to when England was a slower pace of life, you know, everything's, you know, if you want to, I mean, I need an electrician at the moment because we keep having power cuts, but it's so hard to get one here because they're so, it's like manana, manana. You know, so that, but the pace of life is lovely. It's slow and peaceful. And for me, you know, I've got two little kids that are eight and six, my younger kids, and um, I'm loving, you know, being a father and nurturing them and teaching them about life and, um, yeah, I want to. I want to write. I've got another book in me. I want to write another book mm-hmm. um, and more meditations, more walking, football, tennis, paddle. Keep fit and healthy and live. End up like Tom, seventy nine, and still playing football. Is that, is that what you want to do? That's the goal. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, I reckon you'll do it, mate. And and you know, th- there's there's your apps, isn't there? So if we go on to um, Android, uh, Google Store, or, or um, I'm an Android person, so I don't really know what. To, so iPhone, I, I, iTunes, iTunes. Yeah. Um, they can find your app. What What are they searching for, Glenn? Uh, so I've got two main apps, um, and both have got all of my hypnosis and meditation titles in them. Um, the first app is Relax and Sleep Well, and that's where people can buy individual titles, um, and they can choose from the whole catalogue and. Once they bought that title, they've got it forever. The other app is called Ultimate Hypnosis, and that's a subscription app. So that's one where you subscribe each month and you can you have access to everything, all the uh, recordings in the app and also the community features. And I do bi-weekly webinars as well for the members of that app. So I've kind of got this little community going of people that I chat to every other week and and it's really nice and help them through the webinars and it's really sweet they're all connected with each other and they meet up and that kind of thing wow so that's through ultimate hypnosis on the app store yeah on the app stores yeah and if people are searching for you uh, i feel it's important to say this because my surname gets spelt wrong every single day of the week um i'm sure when you've said my name's glenn You've probably followed it with "It's a double N, um, Harold." Yeah. Harold, it's a double R. So it is Glenn yeah. Harold, listeners. And I'm going to put all of this on on my on my pages. So um, don't worry too much if you you know if you're struggling to get this down right now as you listen to this. But it's Glenn G L E double N and mm-hmm. H A double R O L D. Glenn Harold is what you're looking for, and. Um, Amazing to spend some time with you, Glenn. It's been an absolute honour. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Ian. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, we spoke off air that um, Glenn lives in a certain place in Portugal and I'm not going to say where that is. He lives in the Algarve. I know where it is. And ironically, as if the universe has somehow pulled us together 33 years ago... <laughs> My son, my eldest son, Lewis, was conceived in the beautiful place where you live precisely. And I don't mean precisely. Again, we're coming back to this scandalous bit, aren't we, Glenn? Precisely. I was with Glenn 33 years ago and Lewis was conceived. No, that's not what I said. Or is it, I might have said that. that's not what I meant. <laughs> but so we're not, we're not going to say the precise location, but it's very, very, it's very, very... Uh, surreal to me that we should be talking and you should be living there and Glenn yeah. I'm going to come and see you mate I'm going to come and see you I'm going to come and watch you play. I'm going to come and watch you uh, play walk football I might join in although yeah. although my close mates will be saying 
beaten, you can never play football. You are crap. So um, it's all levels, all levels. <laughs> it's, so you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. And it's there's something in the air down here, isn't there? There's the air is very good in this part of the world. So <laughs> maybe definitely was something in the air when I was there. <laughs> laid back lifestyle. You were there. You were on it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness me. Glenn, absolute honour, absolute pleasure. You're a legend, mate. You're a legend. And, and, oh, and Thank you, Ian. And, um, I appreciate that. And I, I, I hear your voice every day. So um, how lucky am I? But um, take care, buddy, and um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Cheers. Thank you, Ian. My pleasure. I think you'll agree that was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's so what's your story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So What's Your Story? <laughs>